Monster Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening and welcome to the Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Brent is here. Yep. I know you were worried because you didn't hear him, but he's here and he's excited, as am I, to continue on in our fifth episode of the final Altar Life series, Famous Last Words. Tonight we're taking a look at two words that Jesus stated when he was on the cross. A word of desperation is the topic tonight. We're going to kick off the night with Desperate by Fighting Instinct. All right, that was one of the best songs ever written. <laughs> Desperate, <laughs> fighting instinct, uh, just awesome, jam-packed, emotional, and that's what tonight's show is all about. Um, we're going to be talking about again. We're continuing on in this series that we're we've in the middle of um, talking about Jesus and the last few things that he said while hanging on the cross. Seven things actually, and um, you know we're talking about. The part of the passage where he says that he thirsts and tonight it's just about um where jesus hit that ultimate rock bottom if you will as a man as in his physical frame and um right at the very 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 end bitter end as you, as you would say um saying just saying i thirst and we're gonna be talking about that tonight in the context of um of what happened there on the cross and how we can apply this part of scripture to our lives and um you just picture the scene again um you know it, it's actually says in verse 28 of john chapter 19 it says after this after he hooked his mom up <laughs> and uh, satisfied her took care of her he says after this jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished you know he was six you know he was very content with everything was taken care of you know and that's kind of cool um we know it was the end. He said that the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. And um, and then, you know, it goes on, it says a, a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. They filled a sponge with sour wine. They put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. And um, he took a drink and wet his, wet his lips yeah. for the final thing that he said, which we'll get into next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thirst, Jeff. And, and it's like, you know, you almost get the, the, the final gasp i mean his mouth was was tight shut from just being completely dry and and physically just being at his very very last minute and um being able to squeak out the words which was really one word in the greek it's two in our i thirst but really one word speaking that out to tell that he thirsts and that he needed a drink um Wow, what an, the Savior of the world thirsty on the cross. You know, just the weight of what that is. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight as we move on through the evening. But um, we have a lot of great music as well. So you want to keep stay right here with us for the next, um, I guess, two hours or so. And you'll enjoy that. We're talking about a word of desperation tonight. Two words that Jesus said, I thirst. And Brett and I were just discussing during those last couple of songs how amazing those two words can be when you think about the fact that he's fully God and fully man, that Jesus would get to a point of complete uh, need that he can't even articulate words anymore because his mouth is so dry. And you think about how much blood he had lost by now. It's it's right in the noon, you know, I think he was from noon to three, that the darkness, so that's like the heat of the day, you know, that he was walking and carrying his cross and sweating and people just beating him down and just utter dehydration. I've been dehydrated before, not like this. 
and I need like an IV bag and everything, you know, like, but to get to this point, what is that like? And then for him to be, you know, cut off from the father. And as Brent said, it says after this, he knew that all things were accomplished, whatever had taken place during that three hours of darkness. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Whatever exchange needed to take place as far as the sins of the world were concerned had been taken place or had taken place. And now he, he gets to a point where he knows there is something he just absolutely needs to say, but he doesn't have the capacity in and of himself to do it. So he asked for something to drink, which when you look at it in context, we're going to take a look at it a little bit. Um, was it John 7, John 4, tons of passages of scripture where it talks about thirsting and, and how we can find our satisfaction in God. And here's God himself in the flesh on the cross thirsting and, and thirsting for so that we can then come to him and never thirst again like he says and, and it, i feel like it's that's his way of showing that that's why we can never thirst again because he has taken all of that for us just like he took all our sins and we don't have to pay the punishment just like he was forsaken of god so that we don't have to be he thirsted once and for all of us so that we never have to thirst again it's interesting when Jesus says, I thirst, you know, he just makes you think about certain passages of scripture where Jesus, when in his ministry, you know, was talking about how he was the satisf you know, he satisfied the thirst of those on the earth, you know, and, and we look at, you know, just thinking about the woman on the well, at the well, the woman at the well, hmm. spit it out. That's a <laughs> WW thing. You know, yeah. my tongue got all, maybe, <laughs> I need, maybe I need a drink. Maybe yeah. I'm thirsty. Um, where here's he comes to this woman and he asks for a drink. Isn't that amazing? He he asks for a drink in this scene as well at the well and he's thirsty. You know, and he and he later tells her like if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for a drink because um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to provide water that's you're never going to thirst again. And uh, I'm the like you know, <laughs> that's amazing that that whole passage, but it makes you think about the fact that here he is again asking for a drink. They should have been asking him for a drink <laughs> based on his word. But, um, you know, him being the satisf him satisfying, um, you know, sat satisfying everyone's thirst, you know, as we thirst. Um, <clears throat> Jeff and I were just talking about how much we thirst um, just in this in this life. You know, we get to a point where our spirits cry out for something to satisfy us. You know, we're always looking for something. And um, that's why we've been created. We've been created to be satisfied in Him. But, you know, so often we look for other things to satisfy us. You know, we look for the pleasures of the world. We look for status. We look for some position. We look for something to do sometimes. We look for um, some identity in this world. And so, and so often we thirst for for those things. It goes well beyond our food, you know, our, our stomachs. But... You know, we, we, we thirst for things. And Jesus had said to the woman at the well, you know, I am the, I am the one who's living water. I will never allow you to thirst ever again. And um, you should be asking me for a drink to satisfy the things in, in your heart that are crying out um, to be satisfied. And, um, you know, just as a side tonight, you know, if there's something that's, you know, you're kind of struggling with and you're, you know, trying to find satisfaction, you're trying to find um, pleasure or, or the satisfying your thirst, you know, spiritual thirst tonight in something other than Jesus. You know, I just want to encourage you. Jesus went through this whole scene that we're talking about tonight, dying on the cross for us and 
thirsting the ultimate thirst of any human could being completely separated from Christ and from, from his father. And he did all that for us. He did all that because he loved us and he, he wanted it to make it so that we never had to thirst again. And, um, all you need to do is come to him and believe that he is Christ. And, uh, He's your Lord and Savior, and he will satisfy that thirst once and for all. And we're talking about a word of desperation tonight in part five of our Famous Last Word series. We're thankful that you're tuning in as we count down the final episodes of The Altar Life. Tonight we're talking about Jesus getting to the point where he was thirsty on the cross and needed a drink so that he could say the final words that he was going to say to finish the job that he was sent to do. And... um, Brent had said something in the last segment that really struck a chord with me in that saying that we we thirst, or we have this thirst that's put in us, which is only meant for God to fill and, uh, and to satisfy that thirst. And we, we try our best to satisfy that thirst with other things, just like the woman at the well, when Jesus said, go get your husband. But she's like, I have no husband. And he said, you're right. You had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. And she was satisfying that thirst, that spiritual thirst or that, you know, whatever that intangible thing is, that need, that drive, the desire that we have as human beings. We try to fill our life and we think that once we get that thing, and Brent and I were talking about this before we started doing the show, we think that once we achieve a certain level or, or, or obtain something that we've been driving for or striving for, that then we're going to go, ah, satisfaction. And you get it and you're like... Eh, it's not really what I thought it was going to be. And that that is how we live our life most of the time. <clears throat> and uh, that's what this woman was saying, or this is what Jesus was saying to the woman at the well. And he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. And, you know, he's talking about the, the tangible water that was at that well. But I think he also is saying, if you drink from the things that you're providing for yourself, you're going to be thirsty. It's not going to satisfy. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, will never thirst, but the water that I give him will become to him, become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And we'll talk more about that um, as we get through John, when we talk about when Jesus said, come to me and drink. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes, moron. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was desperate fireflight. And, you know, as Jeff was talking, I was just thinking about United United States, you know, our very rich, wealthy culture where we have a lot of things offered to us. Um, in the media, you know, for my birthday, I went out and got a, a brand new iPhone 5. Whoa. And I love it. Yeah. I think it's so cool. But, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, how much we think we need, and the word, notice the word need, we need certain things. Um, or we... If only we had that lat thing that I think is going to make my life so much easier, my life is going to be easier. Or we, you know, we put a lot of weight and stock into stuff and materialism and um, or girlfriends or whatever it is. And um, and I think I think that's the enemy's ploy here in this culture is is you know we have a lot of stuff, we have a lot of things, we have a lot of options, and um, we have a lot of distractions and. You know, I, I really have it on my heart to just kind of encourage us as believers here. I think the church, you know, has allowed that to seep into its walls to the point where, you know, there's so many things that we're pursuing and 
Jesus is kind of like the <laughs> in the back corner going, how about me? How about pursuing me? You know, as a church, are you are you and as a Christian today, are you pursuing his will for your life? Are you pursuing Jesus? Or are you trying to, you know, yeah, Jesus is the thing I do on Sunday. I worship him and I'm a Christian and I'm going to heaven. Almost like, you know, I've got that box checked, because, but now really my pursuit of my life is that next job. It's that next thing. It's that next whatever it is. And, you know, because we live in America, it's so easy. It's really easy because that's the culture. That's where, that's the, you know, that is the current that we're flowing down. And, um, you know, Jesus is like, well, none of that stuff really is something that, I mean, I can give you things and I can bless you with so much stuff, but... You know, is it really your pursuit of your heart, the innermost part of who you are? Is that really your pursuit? Or are you pursuing just to know Jesus more, to, just to be with Jesus and then, and to be content just having him in your heart and, and knowing him more and following him and being obedient to his voice? I mean, that's really, this is really an encouragement that's just, God's really just rocking me tonight. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, this is our unbelievable segment. And in our unbelievable segments of this episode or of this series, we've been just kind of giving you a behind the scenes, kind of just random musings from our minds about the show and about the seven years of us producing The Altar Life. And, um, you know, we were just thinking about all the fun opportunities we've had not being on the mic in, you know, our normal our normal environment of recording, whether it be, have been, we've been some, our show in some interesting places, actually. Yes, we have. Um, and uh, we've had some lot of fun out with, you know, out with you guys, you know, at coffee houses and, um, you know, we were actually out in a parking lot once. Uh, <laughs> Um, doing a pep rally for the uh, Harvest Crusade that was in Philadelphia, which was really fun. Yeah, that was great. Um, what else, Jeff? What else? It's we probably did? our largest audience was doing that. Yeah, that was pretty it. cool. And uh, we did an event for I don't know. Like the, we first did a when we first did it live at, at a venue like that. It was it was we kind of rehashed the episode that aired just the most recent episode. We just kind of redid it for and we didn't record it, but then. Once we figured out how to do it, we recorded it and started airing it. You know, like yeah. that was a lot of fun. It was, it's amazing how different it is, like to be in front of people doing radio when you're on a microphone in a room. It's just like you just talk. You yeah. get over that. It's like talking in a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you just like look at each other and we're talking. We have a conversation. You forget that there are people listening, and then, but when there's people actually standing there looking at you, it's like, uh. Okay, let's. We have to entertain now. Like yeah. Brent and I have always had no problem entertaining each other while we do this radio show. We can make each other laugh, but then when you have like a room full of people not laughing <laughs> at your shenanigans, it's it's kind of <laughs> I don't know, it's humbling to say the least. Yeah. I remember we, I came up. We did a Christmas, unbelievable or Christmas altar life show, and uh, so we had like we tried to have, like giveaways and fun stuff and everything, and I came up with like a. 10 Christmas lifts top 10 Christmas gifts or that you don't want to give to your wife and I got <laughs> I a couple I got funny. a couple that got like a laugh other ones were just like crickets to crickets trick, yeah. <laughs> like, it's mostly what happens going, with our show <laughs> and uh, we're moving on through our show here it's flying by and um, we left off in talking about Jesus with the woman at the well and then we wanted to look at John 7 here where Jesus says on the last day um, 
when he went up to the feast in Jerusalem, the Feast of Tabernacles. On the last day of the feast, he stood up and cried with a loud voice, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Check this out, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And when did that happen? When he was resurrected and then ascended. He he promised in John 14 and John 16 that he would send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's better for me to go and for the Holy Spirit to come. And in Jesus' death and him having that great thirst that he cried out from the cross saying he was thirsty, he, he went through that, as we had said previously, so that we would never have to experience that same thirst where we're just poured out as an offering you know, just laid bare like that. We are always, uh, when we believe on Jesus and on the cross, taking our sins away, we have the ability to have the Holy Spirit, which satisfies that deep thirst, that deep longing that all human beings have. You know, when Jesus said he thirsted here, you know, you know, it, it reminds us of two things. I think there's two dynamics going on. As Jeff was talking about, you know, there was a spiritual thirst that I think he was experiencing here because you know, God the Father had completely left him there and, um, you know, turned his back on his son. And um, so Jesus is experiencing the full wrath of God from a spiritual perspective. And I think, you know, for the first time, Jesus is actually thirsting because he doesn't have God the Father, um, you know, with him. And I, and I think the second thing is he's physically, you know, beat up and tortured to the point where physically he's next to death and he's you know, completely dehydrated and just completely at his end. And I think, you know, he thirsted physically as well. And, you know, it reminds me, you know, of Hebrews where he talks about how, um, you know, Jesus has gone through everything that a, a human could go through, whether it be physical thirst tonight, you know, it's just, you know, you're, you're, you're hurt, you're struggling, you need healing. Um, there's something going on where you're just physically at your end. You know, you weren't here yet. Um, unless you're dead. And if you're hearing me dead, then that's an interesting concept on itself. <laughs> or, you know, there's spiritual death where you're just searching, like we've been talking about tonight, for something to satisfy your heart. And the th- the innermost part, you lay down your head at night and you close your eyes and you know there's something missing. You know there's something wrong. You know you're thirsty. Whether it be physical or spiritual tonight, you know, Jesus experienced that. Jesus Christ the firstborn of Jesus, of God the Father, you know, the one who came, dwelt in an earthly vessel and became our sacrifice. He experienced that kind of thirst. And um, and he did it not just because, um, you know, not, not just be- for his benefit. He did it because he loved us. And he did it because, you know, we so we didn't have to ever experience that kind of thirst again. And um, you have an opportunity tonight, if you're listening, you know, to, to ask Christ to, to come and live inside of you. As Jeff said, you know, the Holy Spirit is available to us. All we need to do is ask. You know, there's a pastor scripture that says, you know, would a good dad ever give, you know, ever give his son a snake or a rock? No, he's going to give us, how much more would he be willing to give the Spirit to those who ask? And all you have to do is ask him. That's that easy. He's made it that easy because of this scene and what he did on the cross. And you can have that tonight. Just to think about how we had previously discussed in our, you know, 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me episode last week that Jesus went through, what he went through on the cross was not only taking the sin of the world upon himself, but as Brent had said from Hebrews, he experienced everything to its fullest extent so that he could sympathize with us as our savior, as our high priest. He thirsted more than any of us could really imagine because he had been cut off from the father. And and there's a passage in, in John four, which we had talked about with the woman at the well. It says he was weary. He, you know, it was the, it was the sixth hour, which is basically noon, you know, six hours from sun sunrise is how they determine that. But, and it says that he was wearied in his journey. God was, you know, that that's how he humbled himself. Like in Philippians two, when it says that he humbled himself and became obedient, even to death to the death of the cross at that you know it wasn't just like he made himself able to die but to die the most horrid death imaginable at that time and uh he says give me a drink you know and when finally he's talking to this woman and the disciples say hey rabbi eat you know because they had gone into the town to buy food and says i have food to eat of which you do not know and of course the disciples said wait, does it, somebody bring him something to eat? Because <laughs> they don't get it. And he clarifies and says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Hmm. So Jesus is thirsting in humanity on the cross, but he is somehow still able to be, you know, he's completing that work. That's his, that's his food. That's his satisfaction. So there's the despair of being cut off from from God, but there's also the utmost satisfaction because he's nearing the end and he's saying with this sip of sour wine i'm gonna cry the, the the victory cry which is what we'll talk about next week so you have to stay tuned we're also reminded tonight of psalm 22 the prophetic psalm where he says i am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint my heart is like wax it has melted within me my strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. And, you know, it reminds us that this was, his thirsting on the cross was all part of the plan. You know, it was, he was fulfilling prophecy. This was, this, according to the scripture, you know, this is, he was walking through it. And, um, you know, his strength was dried up, and his tongue clung to his jaws, and that's exactly what we're reading tonight, and it's amazing to think that this is this is the savior of the world. This is, you know, the the one who was at creation, breathing breath in in humankind, <laughs> being made us being made an image of him. You know, at creation, this is Jesus. You know, and here he is, um, begging a human, begging someone who he created to give him some water, to give him something to drink because he's thirsty. Um, humbling himself to that point, you know, in any minute he could have just had a glass of cold, refreshing water float up to his mouth without any, without needing to, to beg and ask. And here he is, I'm thirsty. And, um, it just blows my mind to think about, to think about the scene. Yeah. I mean, and it makes you want to know why, why do we try to satisfy our thirst in anything but Christ that he was willing to go through this for us, you know? is a common theme through scripture and i'll just read a couple of verses real quick in jeremiah he says my people have committed two evils they've forsaken me the fountain of living waters and hewn themselves cisterns broken cisterns that can hold no water not only are we satisfying our 
our, our thirst with filthy things, but we're we're not even going to God at all. We're we're trying to create it ourselves. You know, like it's not just the, that we're pursuing it. We're we're creating things that are not God. And then also in Isaiah, he says, "Come if you're thirsty, come to the waters." Um, real quick, I just want to read this, but. Um, Ho, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? God knows that our pursuits are not going to satisfy us. And he's pleading with us to realize that truth so that we'll come to him for satisfaction. It's amazing to think about, as we've been talking about tonight, it's just amazing to think about the grace of our Lord. And... um how much that he truly does sympathize with our human condition and is our true high priest. Uh, what a great topic this has been. It's really, you know, we could go further. We could go word study. You could look up every verse possible. I like to do that because I like seeing how the Bible ties together in the running themes that start from Genesis and end in Revelation. Um, I think sometimes it we get so caught up in our individual verses and passages and paragraphs that we forget that this was a plan that God had from before the foundation of the world. Jesus getting ever so near to completing this work. And and we had said, you know, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. This is where Jesus is coming. He's coming down to the final, you know, the final minutes of his, of his earthly life in that regard. And we're coming down to the final episodes, which is you know, it's amazing to think about what God has done and the work that he's called us to do and how he's bringing it to a close. But uh, just a verse to encourage you guys to go out with revelation. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, right, for these words are true and faithful. Check this out. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. What a promise, man. It is done. We're going to talk about that next week. But until then, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Live for Christ.